Crank up the volume and get ready for real-world bird hunting by listening to the Wingman Podcast by Eastman's. Now your host, Todd Helms. Hey guys, Todd Helms here with another episode of the Wingman Podcast. And I have the pleasure of sitting down and having a conversation with Alex Langbell with Gundog Outdoors. Alex, man, how's it going? Good. How you doing, brother? Dude, if I was any better, I'd be dangerous. <laughs> love it love it yeah so you and i had you and i've been trying to put this together since like november if i remember correctly the first time we talked actually talked on the phone about doing this i was on an elk a late season elk hunt and i had a little bit of cell service and we started bsing and it was like yeah we, we need to record this this is going to be good <laughs> exactly in fact i think i was getting ready to go do my my oregon elk hunt um right be prior to that so yeah that was pretty funny you were talking yeah. that and, and it's good stuff oh heck yeah heck yeah yeah so we've been trying to do this and then with duck season ramping up there in december for everybody it's just hard to it can be hard to touch base and get everybody squared away and yeah but i, I appreciate you taking some time and sitting down with us after this is after everything's said and done now <laughs> Well, season's over, right? Yeah, right. It, yeah, we still got late goose. We still got late goose. I've, I've been out bombing around looking for birds. I was, I cleaned out some of the, one, a couple of duck blinds this morning. Actually, you know, I clean up trash and empty hulls and just pick it up, you know, and and make sure your landowners stay happy, you know, and haul decoys. And I, we're we're finally getting some weather. It's supposed to drop into the single digits here. And it's starting, you can feel it. It's starting to snow a little bit. So I'm kind of hoping that'll kick some of those birds in Montana in the butt and get them down here to where we can shoot at them. But man, our geese, the geese we've had, we have, they've been here since like October and they got PhDs, man. Oh, right. Yeah, that's pretty tough when you start hammering the same geese over and over and over. They just, I've seen it where those big birds or any birds for that matter, you, you hammer them so much, they won't even lie, land with live geese. That's what they're doing. That's exactly what they're doing. I was watching them yesterday morning. I came in, the, I dropped my little girl off at school. And I was like, before I go to the office, I'm going to run out and drink a cup of coffee and watch, watch where I know they're going. Yep. And that's exactly what they did. They would come over, make a, make a loop high. And then they looked like they were all landing together in a big group. But once you got over and you got like parallel with them, so you could see they're all 50 yards apart. And they're in little family groups. Some yeah. of them would hit the dirt. They'd make a big pass and they'd go and they'd land like 200 yards away in a, in the dirt. Yeah. And they immediately would sit down. It's yeah. like they needed to rest from that long flight that, you know, from the river. That yeah, was like <laughs> a half mile, you know, but whatever. So they'd lazy. sit there. Yeah. They'd sit there and chill. And then they'd get up and either fly into the barley stubble or they'd walk into the barley stubble and i'm like i'm looking at it going i got a perfect place to put an a-frame right there in that grass strip or they're not going to see me and the, the hide's awesome but i don't know if i could decoy them yeah, yeah. i don't know it, yeah it's tough man it's there's i've tried a lot of different things tricks i've with those big ones they're so dang lazy a lot of times you'll like you really got to get on that call just to get them right into the decoy range i've learned also if you have a big field and you're set up on the far end of it and they're coming from the other end of it a lot of times they're going to be so lazy they'll land short of you 
so it, it's almost better to be closer, a lot closer to where they get, get in that field. So a lot of little tricks I, you know, I've tried and it's worked where you almost like hitting them on the circle, you put and pushing the decoys out, maybe 40, 50 yards out where you wouldn't really shoot them. But as they're circling around, kind of get them in the cross, you know, as they yep. cross. So a lot of little throwing out. <laughs> and this is crazy. When I used to guide, I, <laughs> I would like take out guys like, like anywhere from five to seven guys and we'd, we'd hunt pits and these are little lessers we hunt. We get so dang smart. Just they're smart at, first of all, but I hate uh, hunting. I hate hunting those things. Yeah, right. And so <laughs> I feel like that I'd be like, okay, guys go out and grab one decoy, your favorite decoy. <laughs> and they're like, what? And I say, yeah, we're hunting over seven decoys today. Go yeah. grab whichever. And we'd, we'd smash them, but that's, you know, they get so used to landing with or getting shot over the, this typical 10 dozen, 12 dozen decoys that you just got to start throwing out. Now I know guys like my friends in Colorado, wherever, they're throwing out ridiculous numbers of, of decoys to hunt these, you know, almost a thousand decoys. And it's, that's a lot of work. To, yeah, to, that's, man, you hit the nail on the head there. And I think a lot of guys, I think a lot of guys have they'll get into goose hunting and they'll get crazy about it for a few years. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of, I see a lot of guys dropping out of it after five or six years because they burn out and they get yeah. up like, man, I don't want to get up at three in the morning <laughs> to set decoys for two hours. You know, I, it's like, Oh, it just kills you. You know, and you, you got a trailer full of stuff and you're hauling it around. And I, yeah. I mean, I I've gotten to the point with geese here and this year has been an exception because we just, we haven't had the birds have stalled out north of us. I mean, they're, they're and the guys in Montana are saying the same thing. Their birds are further north yet, yeah. and yeah. it's like we just haven't had the the weather. Now, like no. I said, single digits, spitting snow, and we're high desert here, mm -hmm. and so we're just shy of five thousand feet, and it is bone dry. The only reason we have birds is the river, and there's agriculture along the river. That's it. But, yeah. um, so we we've got to have and it so if it's if it's spitting snow here north of us in montana it's probably snowing pretty good so oh. this weekend could be good you know you keep an yeah. eye on it but that's yeah. what you need like you said those birds get lazy they yeah. get stale and they get where they can do whatever they want and really it takes snow and cold to make them to force them to and it shuffles the deck all of a sudden it's like you go from birds that you can't do anything with to now you can kill them you get a yeah. good day and you can just smash them so yeah. that's and what it, we're hoping to close up with yeah and they have to eat all that pressure that snow the cold they have to stay they have they need energy they need to eat that's a little bit more panic in them um right. throws them off all the things things change in their environment they kind of get lost in a little bit and they panic a little bit their food's getting covered up so right. it's just sometimes you just got to pick and choose what days you're going to go out and Hey, sometimes it's better to maybe go if it's 50 degrees out and warm, maybe go grab your fishing rod. <laughs> I agree completely. That's we were just sitting around the office talking about it. And it's like, man, maybe we ought to put the drift boats in the river and do some fly fishing because this is getting this is getting ridiculous. And the weather's gorgeous. You know, it's 50 degrees, it's sunny. And I'm like, yeah, we should be fishing instead of worrying about hunting. And when the weather changes, if it changes in time, I think we got two weekends left. Uh, okay. So two good weeks of solid weeks of late goose, and then it's done, and it's on to fly fishing and chasing predators for the rest there of the year. There you winter. go. But perfect. So you're out. You're in. You're in Washington, correct? 
I am. I'm in central Washington. I'm in the, in the Columbia Basin. I'm right in the, the heart of the Pacific Flyway, one of the major staging areas of uh, the Pacific Flyway. We get everything come through here. Snogies, uh, big Canada's. We get all the different species of subspecies, like the lessers, you know, dabners and all that stuff. And we get every kind of puddle, puddler duck. And we get divers through our rivers of Columbia. So it's a, it's a fantastic area um, to hunt and, um, you know, just a lot of opportunities to season. You got the Pacific Flyway, which is a, a, a long season, over 100 days. Right. Um, you can go out and hunt sea ducks out in the sound or the, the ocean. Um, you can come in inland and hunt the, the dryland wheat for, you know, all sorts of, you know, uh, big geese and all that stuff. So it's a, it's a, it's a really diverse, cool area. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. We just had uh, Black Baker here from Black Rifle Coffee okay. uh, was in this last week and he, he talks about hunting out there quite a talk. He and he and I visited quite a bit about that. And it sounds, I've never hunted out there, but it sounds like a paradise. Yeah, it is. It was kind of under the radar for a long time. Um, it, you know, doesn't have the Arkansas and the numbers and stuff like that. But again, the versatility, the length of the season, you, you, you just the opportunities. I mean, in my region, I live more on the east side of the state where it's a lot more agriculture, a little bit uh, more snow. It's not as wet as on the west side of the state. But over on the west side, you still got late season goose going on. Um, you got, the, you know, it's just there's a lot of opportunities, like I said. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I see the fishing rods hanging up behind your head and looks like yeah. you're, uh, speaking of fishing. Yeah. It looks like you're rigged, rigged and ready to go. Yep. Yep. But we got some big walleye coming through this Columbia river. I mean, I just, we're fishing last week in between um, hunts and we're pulling out eight to 10 pounders, you know? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Those are studs. That, that doesn't spell, that doesn't bode well for your salmon returns, though. And they're sitting, no. sitting there eating all your salmon fry that are trying to get back to the ocean. Yeah, and that's a big thing. The game department, they opened it up for, for walleye um, here in the rivers. And they said pretty much no limit, no size. Go for it, guys. But the, the, the river's so dang healthy. And it's just, I mean, the state records keeps getting broke. And it's just, I mean, it's just ridiculous the size. And we get guys from the Midwest come out here and they're just absolutely blown away the the quality of the, the fish we have. And, you know, it's a great, it's a really, it's a really neat region. The problem is with this state, like many of the other states, it's just too many, too many people moving here. <laughs> too many people living, you know, like I've got kids sleeping out in the public and I'm not, I'm too old to be doing sleeping out in the, at midnight trying to grab my goose spot in the public or my duck spot. So. Right. Right. That public land stuff. I know. And it's, it is nationwide. I don't care where you hunt. If you're hunting public, I don't care what flyway it is, man. I mean, and it, I grew up doing some of that public stuff back in Michigan and I, I mean, sleeping in duck boats on Saginaw Bay, yeah. you know, and it's like, we're two miles out in this on this reef someplace to get set up for opening day and you're sleeping in your boat so you so you get you get a spot you know it's crazy and it's, it's yeah it's crazy and you look at that and go i'm 42 years old i don't want to do that anymore oh my bed's warm <laughs> my wife's warm yeah right it's like no no they ain't gonna happen but yeah, man, I give, I give props to those kids that are out there. I say kids or guys in their twenties, you know, they're young guns and young bloods and they are getting after it. Oh, okay. And they, a lot of them are killers. I mean, they, yeah. they flat out get it done on a regular basis, but what it takes to do what they do now, 
compared to when I don't know how old you are, but I'm guessing we're fairly similar in age. I, you didn't have to do that stuff. It was like no. you showed up 30 minutes before shooting light and yeah. walked in your spot, threw out some decoys and killed birds. And it, man, yeah. it doesn't, it's not like that anymore. They work in teams. I got, I got young guys who work in teams. So they'll go out and they'll go, okay, this is your, your, your night. You go out and you spit, grab this spot and you spend the night. And then, you know, a couple of nights later, they'll go out because the river is all public. So they'll just work that work it. And, and uh, they're, you're right. They, these kids say we've taught them well, you know, they, they blow a duck call like better than they can speak sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Second language. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, like you said, kudos to them. And, and that's what we need. We, we, we don't need to, to be, uh, you know, um, distant, keeping them out of the industry because um, we're taking hits from all sides. So we got to encourage young hunters, um, all sorts of hunters, you know, old, young uh, men, women, a- anyone to get in the sport and, and continue doing what we do because, you know, you know, the fight we're fighting. <laughs> I don't oh have to God. tell you. <laughs> no, you're, I couldn't agree with you more, you know, and it's, it's like when you get a chance to take, not just kids, because it's like kids don't have, like kid kids, like teenagers, a lot of them, they don't have the resources to do it on their own. But right. you're looking at these younger guys that are in their 20s, maybe in college or finishing up or just out of college. And they're, they, you know, they've got the vehicle, they've got maybe some time, they've got a little bit of money to, to sink into it. Those are the guys I think that, that fall through the cracks a lot of times because they get to places it's like, what, what are you doing here? This is my spot. And that's the, that's the wrong attitude. You know, yeah. it's like either, okay, you were here first. I'm going to go, you, you got it, man. Good job. I'm going to go down here. Or maybe you're here first. They show up. Hey, if you got room, jump in. Yeah. Exactly. Jump in. I mean. Exactly. Teach them some etiquette. Teach them the etiquette of hunting. And that's one thing I've, I've noticed about some of the youth is they kind of, that that's kind of missing in some of their stuff. They, they need to learn not to, to, you know, you don't bring all your friends to your secret spot. You don't, if someone brings you there, you don't tell all your friends about your secret spot. You don't go downwind someone when you're setting up 50 yards. There's just certain etiquette when, some, when a bird's working you and you're down close to them, don't be calling them off there. Don't be shooting. I mean, we're together. You know, we, we're, if there's enough birds out there um, for the most part where we all can have a successful hunt and have a good time and, and learn. And, and that's the, the biggest thing I, I, I've really seen is, we really need to educate um, more on the etiquette because, you, you know, just like my, my grandfather taught me and I'm sure your parents taught you is there's certain etiquette to hunting and, and whether it be waterfowl, deer, whatever, there's, and it's just the unwritten rules on certain things that we know you and I take it for granted, but it's the young folks that aren't necessarily have been taught that because maybe their parents don't hunt or, or they just a bunch of guys, you know, a group of young guys who don't really understand it yet. And they're going out and they're hunting together and they're learning together, but they don't have that old salt guy teach them, well, you know, don't go out and <laughs> you know jump up a br- but the roost. Don't shoot up the roost. Simple things like that. You and I take for granted. So no, I, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. And I, I, it's no fault of theirs because they don't know any better, you know. And but it's, I do believe that it falls on us, the guys that have been doing it for a while, to be like, hey, take those guys under your wing, have those candid conversations, you know. Otherwise, you end up with. Man, I hate to even say it, but you end up with situations like you have in, at Real Foot Lake. Oh, heartbreaking! Two weeks ago, heartbreaking. The whole all, the whole waterfall community is like scratching their heads, like, how yeah. in the world does it come to this? Yes. Somebody takes a crack at swing ducks, and you go blast them with a, you know, you go, I don't, dude, I don't get yep. it. 
No, I don't either. And it's not the fight in a blind or, or harsh words, you know, in a blind. And it's like, you're right. You know what you said earlier about working together and and understanding and it's not worth it. It's not worth the the confrontation. There's no duck worth anyone's life. Um, And so, you know, just, I don't know. Some people just get a little out of control. So it's so sad. Well, and I think, and I think there's a lot of frustration this year in particular with, with everything. Tempers of tempers are high right now, man. Short uh, fuses are short between, between like what you said, when we got on the phone initially with COVID hanging on and hanging on and it's, it's wrecked a lot of people's plans. You know, I'm trying to put a snow goose hunt together in next month in March or in April in the Dakotas and basically I don't know if I don't know if it's going to happen you know I I obviously we don't have we don't have a lot of of white geese here um we just don't get them so I don't have the rig to to do it and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put that kind of money into something that I'm never gonna use yeah it's like yeah yeah, you you find an outfitter you hire an outfitter and you go it's worth the money it's worth the worth worth it absolutely and so talking to these guys and it's like, yeah, I may or may not be able to get you in because all those COVID cancellations from last year, well, guess what? Yeah. I'm having to squeeze those guys in this year. And guys are, guys are jam-packed, and I get it. I completely yeah. get it. So you couple that, that shows short fuses because of COVID, and then I don't, I'm not going to get into politics, but you, you know, whatever side of the political spectrum you happen to fall on, it's frustrating for everybody right now. Just, Absolutely. So, I mean, and then you throw in – like that situation down there, misunderstanding or just not thinking, not using your head yeah. and bad stuff happens and it's ugly and it's, it's a shame. It's yeah, it is. It's, it's too bad. Unfortunate. Yeah. But I do, th- I do think you're right. You know, you gotta, you, you take those, some of those younger guys under your wing and you teach them and you teach them right from wrong. You teach them those ethics, you teach them those values and hopefully they stick you know, yeah. and it's, yeah. and it's the same thing in the world of big game. You know, if you're looking at big game stuff, you know, you, you don't poach a guy's spot knowingly, yeah. you know, you don't, and you, and you see it all the time. It hunting is competitive. It's gotten to be the point yeah. where it's competitive, whether it's bird hunting or whether it's big game, whitetails, turkeys, because there's a lot of, there's even with numbers declining that we keep hearing numbers are declining. There's a lot of pressure on, mm-hmm. on the resource. And so it's like, I got to get mine, forget you, you know, and I, I agree with you. I think there's lots of game. There's lots of birds work together, enjoy it. Okay. So maybe you don't, maybe you don't shoot a limit today. Yeah. If you took somebody under your wing and they got a couple of birds that they normally wouldn't have had success, that's a win. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, we get to the point you and I, and um, a lot of the older hunters where limits really don't matter it's more about just getting out and and having fun and you know and then getting new people i get more excited like i took out my my uh, stepdaughter for the first time not a real hunter got her all situated took her out i had more fun just watching her giggle shooting ducks and just learning and she's just hooked she can't wait to come hunting with me again and i'm just so you know that's just so um rewarding to me as a, a hunter and as a dad and as a human to see the, the excitement in other people and and so i i just you know for those of us who seem to th- get bored or something you know like you said take out someone who's young take out a vet take out <laughs> take out anyone take, there's you know, tons take- of, there's tons of people there's tons of people to do it with and, and 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 it's hard too because you get in the teeth of the season and like for us 
this year was especially was tough because it's like I had to make the most of every time that I had to be able to produce my contracted content for mm-hmm. our, for our web, for our webisode series. It's like, I got to get stuff filmed. Yeah. And yeah. so I can't always grab, you know, so there's times there's sometimes we just, we just put in a hunt that we put together at the end of the, uh, the end of December, we had a big push of birds and the conditions were right. And we were able to get a kid in the blind. that was a, you know, sure. uh, and it was awesome. We had a yeah. great time and we were able to actually do it all. But man, other times it's like guys want to go, but then if say you're hunting their spot, well, they don't want that on camera, which I completely understand 100%. Yeah. So it's, it, it can be tough, but you know, I, we, we try really hard to get as many different folks out in the blinds as we can group of us last year, guys from here took all, took our daughters out. And I mean, little girls yeah and yeah. that was a kick in the pants man oh. that, that video that video is my it's my favorite <laughs> video that we've done it was it oh. was a ball yeah it was the, cool the, yeah the seed you plant by taking out young individuals is you you don't even realize what that can do to to the youth and and I, you know i don't know how many young hunters i've got um started into this sport and i mean good lord look at my daughter you know sierra she's yep. <laughs> <laughs> you're out of control yeah. <laughs> well that's the reason we try that was one of the reasons we've been waiting on this is we tried to get both you guys on at the same time and you can't pin that girl down no. she's off chasing big game like all over the all over the world you know she is she's crazy it's, she's, i love it and all it started with was just <laughs> taking her out when she was really young to put her in the goose blind just getting her experience and stuff and then i didn't even have to try real hard and next thing you know she's just absolutely obsessed with it and she's she, she's just a she's just a gal who's just very confident and very good at what she does she doesn't need anyone to take her out she goes out on her own she went out and i mean she's she knows she she's smart she understands that if you're gonna go sometimes you have to go with the guide because you're paying that guide for their experience uh, and their scouting ability their understanding you don't have the time to go to mexico and find the big buck you know go go pay someone to go do that find the buck for you but she'll go out and like last year she went out spent the spent the night a couple of nights in her truck she slept there and she um bow hunted pronghorn you know and she ended up killing a really nice pronghorn by herself um (laughs) running around in the corn ambushing it it was just just phenomenal so she's just she's the real deal like i I look forward to to you getting her on here and i can uh, bust her (laughs) bust her chops about (laughs) we'll definitely do it it's just she's so busy that Man, pinning her pinning her down is a is a, is a task. <laughs> it is. I it love is. it. Well, I hope yeah. that my daughters take to that the same way. You know, I'd, yeah. I've had my my oldest is pretty pretty rabid. She, her thing, yeah. Grandpa bought her a twenty two. Oh, a couple of years ago, and she's finally big enough to like shoot it for real, not just like pull the trigger. She can actually yeah. shoot it and hit stuff. Nice. And she wants to shoot a cottontail rabbit so bad. <laughs> and you think we could find any bunnies our bunny cycles like <laughs> bottomed out right now there are like no rabbits around the only rabbits are around are in town and i'm like no can't do that we could shoot that one daddy i'm like Mm-mm, no no but so we've been out several times it's, the weather's been too nice to really hunt ducks so yeah. it's like 
or, or and geese. I was like, well, let's go look for a rabbit. You think we could turn one of those little things up? Nah. No. So it's like, <laughs> I'll get her in the goose blind here, you know, you like I did. And and they've been with me on a bunch of different hunts and, and with her, with their mom, their mom hunts. And I just, I hope that I can carry that over yeah. and create that passion. You know, Guy Eastman said on the, that when we all had our daughters out, he was with us and he had his little girl out and he, we were doing something and the kids were having a ball and it was good. There were lots of birds. I think we killed 15 or 16 geese that day, which was good, but yeah. that's, that's not what it was about. You know, it was about yeah. just going out and having a good time. And Absolutely. we did, we had a ball, but he, he said, he called it. He's like, man, this is when you have to get those kids hooked mm-hmm. when they're little. Yep. So they grow up doing it because if you wait until they're 12, 10, 12, yep. 13 years old, yep. it's too late. There's yep. too much competition. Um, there's too much, too many different things competing for their attention, whether yep. it's athletics or yeah, who knows? I mean, yep. Friends. a billion different things video yeah. games i mean yeah. whatever yeah you got to get them hooked on it when they're when they're little yeah yeah my friend uh lee jose i'm sure you know lee he's uh, yeah yeah so lee told me um great great point he told me that if if the mother hunts pretty much the entire family hunts that's how important the, the women are to our sport to getting them making sure and so it, it makes a lot of sense you know you, the, the mother she's hunt the whole family hunts so. that's interesting that's a really interesting i shouldn't say i know lee i know of lee when i we, we i think we you know but i've never actually met him so he's um, a great guy yeah that's what i've heard i just haven't had the pleasure of meeting him but you know it's interesting when we do with the eastman's big game the hunting journals we look at like women are pretty small percentage of our subscribers. And, but if you look at the number of women in the magazines, it's, I mean, there's issues when I'm like, no, I got to put her in the next one. Cause I got too many women in this, you know, people are gonna start thinking, what is this? You guys just putting women in the magazine, you know, but it's, <laughs> I think, so what I think what we've got is it, you know, maybe dad or, husband or boyfriend whoever they're the subscriber but the women are consuming that content as well they're still hunting it's obvious i mean we just got the mule deer issue out and i got i got an advanced copy of it and i've got three ladies in there that have killed monster bucks and it's like yeah they're obviously a big part of this and they're you know it's they're the fastest growing segment and you still don't see a ton of them in the field comparatively, at least we don't, but they're doing it. They're out there. And I, th- I think he's right. If you get mom hooked, which my wife is an avid hunter yeah, and the kids are going to follow suit because yeah. it's just what we do as a family, yeah. you know, yeah. you're not by yourself. You're coming, you're going hunting with the family. The family's That's going right. hunting. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, we don't, we don't go to the mall or we don't go do this on weekends. We we're in the woods. Whether yep. it, whether we're hunting, we're fishing, we're cutting wood, we're going yep. for hikes in the mountains. I mean, you name it, we're doing it, and that's it's just an expectation, and they they love it, they love such, it. So, such a healthier lifestyle too. I mean, sitting in the concrete cities or driving around, going to the mall, and I don't know, just being out in nature and taking that whole thing in, and it's just good for the soul. Just, I think it, so. I I, I agree, a hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, so Alex, I don't know what in the world happened right there, but 
we were laughing. We got dropped all of a sudden. We just were done, gone. And I think it just has to do with our wonderful technology advancements <laughs> here in the Mountain West. Um, you know, once you get east of the Continental Divide and west of the Missouri, yeah, if anybody's <laughs> guess as to what you're going to get for for technology. So perfect. Yeah, I look forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, we were talking about your company, Gundog Outdoors, and you yeah. just started to give us a rundown on what that is, what that looks like. And so go ahead and dive back yeah. into that. Well, you know, it's funny, I started a company um, about two and a half years ago, three years ago, actually three years ago, I came up with the first product. It's kind of my, my flagship product I came up with. It's actually patented. It's a system that, well, one day I was sitting in a duck blind um, and the flight was a little slow and I'm looking at my hunting partners and they both have their dogs and, and we 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 have to tie our dogs up just because they're they're trained well but they break and we just don't want to mess with it um, one dog's always faster or one dog leaves and the other one leaves so we just we just end up tying them up so um i can't kind of came with this idea but what if you had a system that just kind of you could adjust it to where you, you keep their head in the blind where you could release it instantaneously by just by pulling the cord and so i kind of threw some stuff together and i came up with this prototype i field tested it and and uh, came up with a, our, my quick release safety, safety system. And that kind of just, after that, I just started focusing on other products. Um, that was really successful. I get emails all the time from people saying how it's helped change their hunting because now they don't have to focus on um, watching their dog break. And I know some guys are like, well, you should just train your dog not to break. Well, that's a lot easier said than done. You know, you got a lot of professional trainers who can't even train. I mean, that have a hard time training certain dogs just because they're so high strung. So, um, yeah. And once and, you have a dog that starts, once you once that, once that starts, yeah. it's almost impossible to get it, them to stop. Correct. Correct. And you start throwing another <coughs> in competition. Right. And and every all the shows I do, I guys would come up and tell me about a dog they know or a, a dog getting shot every time. Oh, and every, all right, so the second round of technical difficulties. I'm not exactly sure what in the world is going on, but Alex, you talking about your quick release dog? <laughs> I thought it was just that boring. You were just like, no, I'm no. Talking about problems you can't train out right there. Good grief. That's one of them. Oh my gosh. But yeah. yeah. So anyway. So, you came up yeah. with this with this product to help guys that with dogs that are, yeah. you know, and it's a, and it's a real world thing. You know, I I completely agree. Guys are going to say all the time, "Oh, you need to be training your dog better." Okay, agreed. We can agree on that. Everybody can agree on that. But in the real world, especially when you throw other dogs in the mix, my eight year old lab, when it's just the two of us, he's steady as a rock. He won't break. He's fine. You throw another dog in the mix. He's gone. As soon as the guns go off, he is gone. And I just tell guys, look, it's going to happen. He's not going to do it every single time. Like I can keep him, I can control him, yeah. but <clears throat> I have to, I have to pay attention to what's going on. And honestly, in what a lot of the stuff we hunt out here, we don't have the luxury of letting a dog wait to go get birds because they're falling in a really fast river and yep. they're gone. If yep. I, so Having him be a little quick off the start, out of the starting gate, isn't necessarily a bad thing for me. Now in fields, I need him rock solid. Hmm? I need him rock solid, and that's kind of what your product is designed to do. 
Yeah, it, it was designed to pretty much keep a dog um, steady in the, in the blind. And also you can use it, and I've got a lot of guys doing this, using it to train your dog, especially your young dog, and also to use it as a reinforcement tool if you're just not certain. Say you end up going to Canada, you got you know eight guys in a blind, you don't know their skill level, um, you're in layout blinds, you got birds landing, um, you know, 50, 100 birds landing. That's a lot of, lot of pressure on a young dog. Uh, you have to worry about him. You might be like me who has to call, make calling the shot, and I got to worry about this young dog. So there's just a lot okay. of benefit. Yeah, you just got to, there's a lot of benefit to this tool. Um, we've been so successful. I get emails, letters all the time from guys and gals saying what is, how it's just completely helped them change their hunting. So it's, it's just a great product. And then I kind of all of a sudden just started coming up with ideas and, and realized that there wasn't a lot of companies out there that's focused on the safety of hunting dogs and gun dogs i mean they yeah they make training products and they there's companies that make a dog vest but are they really focused on doing that so that's kind of been the the idea behind my company is all my products that we make now are products that are designed for the comfort and the safety of hunting dogs like our our field trauma kit you know i, I was a firefighter for 25 years i've had dogs hunting dogs for my entire life since i was a small child um, I, I understand. I've seen every kind of injury that can happen to a, a dog and a human, you know, gunshots, um, um, puncture wounds, uh, ripped open barbed wire fences, everything. So I put together essentially a first aid kit that I personally as a, you know, an EMT, which, you're, well, you're not a vet. Well, a wound is a wound. I, you stop the bleeding, you, you treat it, make sure it doesn't get infected, you take it to a vet. So, you know, I understand this. I've treated dogs. So that's why I, I kind of put this no nonsense kit together um and it's uh it's been so successful on that and a couple other things came up with a, a water bottle for dogs like a lot of a lot of times people forget you know you got to water the dog you gotta you gotta feed a dog that's energy um there's just so many important things i mean number one killer for dogs working dogs canine dogs you know canine cops is um hyper um you know heat stroke you know yeah uh, just yep. getting old and and so that's that's just, you know, some of the things that I'm really focused on with the company. We're coming out with a, designing a new vest right now that should be, um, you know, I don't, don't want to go into too much great detail, but it should be the, the, a pretty a pretty awesome vest that is going to, it's not only um, has the features of being, um, keeping them warm and comfortable, but also some features of keeping them safe from, um, you know, puncture wounds and, and possibly even getting shot at a, at a distance. So Right, man, you talk, it, you, you talk about those vests. And so my, I, I've been run the run, the vest I'm running right now, I've been running for about three years and it finally, the zipper finally ripped out of it. Like there's no, there was no Bingo. fixing it, Bingo. but it was kind of, it was kind of like, okay, but I got three solid years out of that vest. And before that I was running them. And after a year, not even, not a year, I mean, a season, they'd be done. Yeah. And, and my dog, he's a, he's hard charger. You know, he go, he doesn't let stuff stand in his way. And I made the mistake of letting my wife asking my wife to sew up one of his vests, like a seam popped. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you just got to sew the seam back together and then I'll aqua seal it, you know, and good to go. Right. Yep. Well, she's looking, you know, this is her baby mm -hmm. and she's looking at this vest that's three years <laughs> old and it is covered in puncture wounds and cuts yeah. and abrasions you know and she looks at me and she goes I don't want to know what he would look like if he wasn't wearing this thing <clears throat> and I said yeah and this is a lab with a thick coat you know that the stuff 
really that the vest probably takes a little more abuse because of the soft fabric on it than his hide does because it's a lot of that stuff wouldn't get to him because yeah. of his coat. But, you know, there's just a lot. <laughs> I look at that thing and go, man. Yeah. I don't even want to know how many scabs and scars he's got on his skin. Yeah. You know, they don't, they don't think about going like you and I going through a fence. They don't un- realize what the dangers are running through a field or corn stalks. How, how dangerous a corn stalk can be. I've corn seen stalks. A, I've seen dogs get impaled with corn stalks. Yes. So, you know, it's just, those are things that are in the real world you have to worry about. And, and a lot of guys like I just launching the aid kit last year, I, I just got a, a message in social media today, a dog wrapped up with uh, our, you know, our aid kit and, and thanking us for providing a quality product. And so that's, you know, I'm not sitting here trying to make a stale pitch, but it's just I, 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 being in the fire service for 25 years, treating all sorts of people say, and I'm the, I'm the training officer, safety officer for the department safety is just kind of ingrained in, in my mindset, you know, not we all, we're all about worried about the safety of the hunters and stuff, but we kind of, sometimes we forget about the safety of the dog, you know, don't shoot directly over your dog, like at point blank, because you're going to make them deaf or yeah. her deaf. Yep. That's things that we need to, I, I'm trying to get across. I, I, I put that in a lot of our, our videos and social media stuff and just um, things, just letting people know, you know, really getting, trying to get that message across, you know, just doing my, my share. Like I've been in this industry for almost 20 years now, and I've seen a lot of, crazy stuff that goes on with hunting you know i filmed i did two tv shows i produced a foul life and i i produced a grind waterfowl tv and so traveling all over the country hunting with all different hunters and outfitters and 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 seeing some of the stuff it's just like really opened my eyes to um what we need to do at at least what i can do my part in it so that's kind of where the company our main focus is and it's been it's been doing so well i'm so i'm so happy with where it's at and and honestly it was just uh kind of um, grown out of um, just a need, you know, just something yeah. that I saw, and so, and people are, people are genuine, you know, they see it, you know, they understand that. So, well, that that was one of the things when I first saw your company. I think I probably saw it on social media someplace, probably Instagram, and I went, "That's a great idea." It was one of those things where I looked at it and went, "Damn it, why didn't <laughs> I think of that?" You know. <laughs> What do you think the first thing I did is I went to the patent office. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it's because, because we've all been doing stuff like that forever, but we've been putting yeah. them together ourselves. Yes. You know, and, and some guys that can be daunting though, because you look at it and go, well, I'm not a vet. I don't, can I use quick clot on my dog? Yeah. You know, can I do this? Can I, what do I, what exactly do I need? Because if I put together this huge, basically EMS kit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've got to carry that too. I need something that's basically like you, you hit the nail on the head. You need something that's going to stabilize your dog and treat them in the field so you can get them to the vet before they bleed out. That's exactly right. That's exactly you know? right. And I, yeah. I looked at that kit and I thought, that's awesome. That is absolute genius. Yeah. It, it's, I, I've been it's, blessed. I haven't had any, any, any you know, major catastrophes with, with my dogs. But I know a lot of people who do. I mean, a lot of people. And it's like, holy smokes, you're lucky you even have a dog. You know what I mean? Let alone. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. We're filming a TV show. Um, this was the, the grind. We we're in the second season. We were hunting the Missouri River up in, up in uh, South Dakota filming that. 
and uh, it was cold, really cold. And, and one of the guys on my hunt with his, his dog was uh, retrieving, but it was, again, it was cold. He had no vest, anything. And, and I just started looking at that dog and I was telling him, I was like, hey man, I go, your dog's not doing so well. Not, Cause I, again, I can, I can, can spot it. And um, finally got to, I'm like, you need to, man, it doesn't want to go out. Don't make it go out. And finally, right. it pretty much gave up. And I was like, hey, man, you better go get your dog right now. Sure, he, he waited out and he got it. And then he, he picked it up. He carried it back to the blind. It went into full seizures. I'm like, good Lord. Yeah. So luckily with my training, I knew, you know, you, you get it next to some heat. And I, I always, from now on, I always carry a heater with me wherever I go. Like I throw it in a little bag. It's one of those little, those little coal or Mr. Buddy heaters with the one propane thing. I mean, that's a lifesaver right there. So even, you know, wherever. So um, had that with us, um, got it warmed, got back to normal, you know, got the body temperature back up, got the seizure stopped. But, you know, that's something that if you didn't have heat, that dog would have died. There's no question. We were in a boat in the middle of the Missouri River. Yep. And, and, you know, so those are the things that I'm trying to educate people on and understanding that these are still um, a living creature. They still have a body core temperature that can't go below a certain temperature. They still have, a, a you know, blood circulating through their body that needs to remain there. And so um, just that's the, kind of the, the idea behind, the, like I said, the whole thing and, and the kit is um you know we even have a hot i have a hot pack and emergency pack in in the kit to where if the dog does get in there you can activate that hot pack put it on the belly wrap it up in that um, emergency blanket till you can get it to the vet even if you don't have a heater so th even those little things there's no aid kit that has that that's designed for hunting dog you right know? so right yeah so and we've got yeah, a dog Canine that's, cr that's crazy yeah exactly you know there's a lot of stuff in that pack that i just looked at and went wow you know and you talk about the guy with the dog there was probably a couple things going on there and i've experienced similar situations because here when are when are our seasons out here in 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 the mountain west they're late when is the best bird hunting when it's cold you know and it's like man i i have a personal rule that if it's below if it's zero or colder i find something else to do i, I yep. won't i won't put my dog in the water when it's like that um and they're tough, man. And they'll take a lot of beating, but it's like, I've had my dog, the lab I have now, I've had him do two things on me. The first time the seizure thing that happened, I thought it was, a, uh, the first, the first thing he got hypothermic on me and it was a long day after he'd been, done a bunch of retrieves, cold water. And I had the truck running. He was in the, you know, I got him warmed up, got him home. You could just tell that core temp was low. Yep. And I got him next to the ducks to the wood stove and we got him warmed up. I put him in a warm shower, all those things. And I got that core temp back up and he didn't do the seizure thing. I'm betting money that that dog that you're talking about was suffering from a little bit of hypothermia and some hypoglycemia. Absolutely. That is, Absolutely. That's what happened with, with my dog. The second time is he had these little shakes going. Mm -hmm. like just really and they were just mini seizures and it's good and i'm looking at this and as a coach i'm going he's freaking bonking yeah he's bonking he doesn't have any he doesn't have any gas in the tank whatsoever yep. and his yep. body's shutting down yep and i called my vet and i said this is what's going on do i need to bring him to you and he goes you know what do you have any candy bars with you and I thought, yeah, chocolate. You can't give a dog chocolate. He goes, as long as it's milk chocolate, give it to him. Well, I had all those, those little fun-sized Snickers bars. 
Yeah, yeah. And I fed him. He's like, don't give him a bunch of them, but give him one or two. And when he perks back up, just watch him. He's like, you can bring him in if you want. But I mean, this is it's Wyoming. This is a long way. It's a long drive. But he's like, that should that should square him away because what's go, what tell what what you're telling me, what I think is going on is this hypoglycemia. And I went, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I've watched athletes do this. I've yep. watched track athletes after at the end of a long day. You know, you got a kid that that runs a bunch of long distance relays and then turns around and has to go run the two mile or the mile and they're done at the end. They bonk, yep. and especially if they haven't eaten, you know, have a good meal, whatever. And I'm watching this and I'm going, that's what's going on. I, pot, I gave him a Snickers bar, little ones, little, little fun size ones, right? Yep. Time you get it Halloween. <laughs> and he ate it. A little bit of improvement. I popped him another one and he went, he was like a new dog. It was like right back, right back, right as rain. And then I was able to get him home. And again, I got him warm. I got him, and then I got some real food in him with some warm water in it, you know, and some fats, and he was fine. But if you'd have told, you know, the vet telling me, yeah, give him a candy bar. I was like, well, you can't, you can't give a dog chocolate. And he's like, as long as it's milk chocolate, you're fine. He's like, the yeah. dark chocolate's what you got to watch. You can't, you can't give him that. And there's a whole list of that stuff. But having the ability to have a kit there like i think back on when he that day if i would have been like you're in your case in a boat where i had to run that thing back someplace that yep. hot pack comes in real handy you know Absolutely. you can rip that kit open and boom you got it right there wrap them yep. up in a blanket of some sort with a hot pack and you know say you know you could save your dog's life Absolutely. And I know I, there's no question in my mind just for the amount, the feedback that I've already gotten from hunters who've used the kit that eventually it will, it will save a dog's life. There's no doubt in my mind. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's a, it's a really good feeling. You feel really good. You know, when you sell the product, you know, and you're not just ripping people or not, I shouldn't say ripping people off, but you're, you know, you're not just selling a product that's junk. You feel good about it. You feel about, good about promoting it. And it's just a really easy um, mission goal to get behind, you know, it's just like, right. Um, it, and so it's, it's been, it's, it's been fun so far and, and I'm just watching it grow and it seems like, uh, it's just nonstop. I mean, I, so I'm getting phone calls now and emails from companies who want to work with me and, and promote. And it's just, it's really, it's really humbling, you know, and it helps. I've been in the industry for a while, but, um, just, see this actually that's something that's mine because i've always worked for other companies starting off you know 20 years ago in the avery pro staff and zinc calls pro staff and just working my way up in the industry always making money for other companies and so now this is actually my company i'm the sole owner you know my, myself and my wife and and just to, to see it grow and 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 it's just fun it really is and yeah, so good for you good for you that's awesome yeah that, you know I, I like i said i looked at that product and immediately went that that's a slam dunk. I mean, that's, that's a home run right there. And, and I think part of it is guys are, and it, it's, it's no different than putting together a, a med kit for your, for people, you know, right. for, for our backcountry hunts, where <laughs> if you don't have the background or have the knowledge, I mean, yeah, you can get on YouTube and find a zillion different videos, whatever, but man, it's nice to have a, a resource that I can go, okay, yeah. there's, there's videos that go with this or whatever. Yeah, this is it. If if nothing else, you know, I, maybe I want to add to some of the things in here, yep. do whatever. Yep. But at least I've got. I don't have to start from scratch. No, no. You know, yep. I think it's genius. I, I think it, I think it's great. And yeah, 
I got a, a manual I put in there that, that goes over a, a, almost all the injuries that can happen, signs and symptoms, how to treat it, what to do afterwards. Um, so it's really, I've really thought it out, you know, and, and really, and again, no, like you mentioned, it's, I, that's all stuff that I've used as, a, as an EMT on right. patients. This is, this is medical grade stuff that's not garbage that I have used and, and proven we still use it. And you can use it on your hunt partner if something was to happen. I, I had one cow. Double dip. Yeah, she used it on herself. She, she, so I was like, that's fantastic. So. Yeah, no, I, I completely, completely agree. Have you worked with a, with a vet at all or vets at oh, all to, to kind of like, absolutely. Come, like you talk about your manual. I would imagine you researched that and did some. <clears throat> I bet everything through a, my, my vet and she's, she's really good. She works at the university here. And so everything that I, that I do, I make sure I can firm with her that it, it's okay with a dog you know like i said a wound is a wound but there are still certain things that you sh you know you, you still got to be careful of because they right. are a little you know size and stuff like that and and what they can eat like you're talking about what they can take but um yeah i mean i just make sure everything's vetted through there and, and i i say it on and on my manual and stuff like that it's all approved by a veterinarian and so stuff like that so no yeah. that's cool yeah, yeah. absolutely absolutely yeah, well, you're yep. getting you're you are getting ready. You're almost you said you're almost ready to retire. You got like a month yep. and a couple days, right? Well, I, I misspoke. I got till the end of June. Till the end of June. Oh wow! Well. So you're you're still short. You're still short time in it. Very short. <laughs> <laughs> no, good for you. Good for you. That is that is awesome. But you're so you're in Washington right now. But you're you're kicking around the idea of pulling it pulling up stakes. I am. I'm actually coming, uh, thinking about moving closer to you. <laughs> that could be dangerous. I, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I've hunted all over this, all over the, the country. I really have. And, and I just, I, I, I lived in Montana when I was younger for a long time. I, every time I go back there, I really enjoy it. I want to, I just, and so I know it sounds like everyone's moving to Montana and, and Wyoming, but that's they are i mean it's a fact they're trying to get away from all the, the ding dongs and i'm sorry if i offend anyone but some of the, the ding dongs on, on the, <laughs> the coast and so you know they're just making some silly rules i were I'm concerned about our guns and 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 some of the agendas they have and and so i just kind of um decided i want to get a little piece of land so i've been looking i got good friends over there and i'm, I'm thinking about moving to eastern montana so cool. and in cool. fact i'm thinking about i am we're, we're moving to eastern montana and, oh and cool so, yeah it'll be fun yeah, and i think from what you told me earlier you're not going to be very far away so we're, no. def we're definitely going <laughs> to have to jump in a boat and our blind or something together <laughs> absolutely yeah, absolutely cool yeah montana yeah. the west in general is a special place but my wife and i vacation in montana a lot you know yes. we 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 uh we do quite a bit of shopping. That's the, the closest Costco to us is in yeah. Montana. And, and you, you know, you, I personally try to do as much local stuff as I possibly can, but sure. man, there's times raising a family. It's like, I need, we need a Costco run, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. run up, run up there and do that. And that's not too far. And summer times, you know, we, we have different things we like to do up there. And I always joke, it's kind of like Wyoming and Montana are siblings. <laughs> you know they may not love each other but they get along you know yeah. <laughs> it's, and it's you go further to the south and wyoming and colorado mm, not so much <laughs> yeah. 
they think we're they think we're idiot hillbillies up here and we think they're a bunch of greenies yep. you know and it's like yep. whatever <laughs> yeah whatever it's funny how that works but in the end everybody you know especially if you're an outdoorsman you're a hunter especially a waterfowler man we're all trying to do the same stuff and appreciate the same things and that's right yeah you right. you won't go wrong living in montana especially eastern montana that's it's yeah. pretty neat over there yeah, like I said, I've, I've filmed a couple of TV shows there. I've got friends. I still have good friends who live over there. And it just makes sense to me. You know, I, I've really enjoyed Washington State. It, it was where I, my daughters were born, where one of them still living. Um, you know, I've got a lot of really good friends here. I've had some amazing experiences here. But again, it's just um, things are just changing around here. There's just, certain things are changing and I don't necessarily agree with the philosophy. And so it's just just time to you know get my own little piece of little heaven and and just kind of hang out and you know spend the next 40 years just hunting and, and fishing and growing gun dog and and whatever happens um happens you know it's i'm, I'm excited i really am because it's i've worked hard to get to the point where i can actually retire at a really early age so it's, it's pretty neat and it's not really retiring because i'm gonna keep working that's just who i am you're I'm just working. not gonna be a firefighter anymore yeah yeah I feel, I'm 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 seen enough houses burned up. I've seen enough oh, people, man. so it's just you know I've got a I've got that. So no, it's time to move on and do fun, some fun stuff. And hang out with great guys like you and and you know, my other buddy <laughs> over there, and maybe oh, do some. Be, yeah, heck, hang out. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah, absolutely. No, we will we will definitely make that happen. It's you know you are right. There's a there's been just in our area here. There's been a pretty massive influx of people um lots of folks from california holy yeah. smokes you know it's people like like yourself that are like you know i i don't agree with the direction things are going so i'm we're leaving yeah and i always remind people you know you're when you come here you're a refugee you know yeah you got to yep. keep that you got to keep that in mind and yep and there's a reason that these places are the way they are and so right. let's keep them that way you know right. and Absolutely. But yeah, it, it's amazing the number of folks that are that, that are moving in from all over the from all over the country, and I can't blame them. I was just I did it twelve years ago. You know, I growing up in Michigan, yeah. it was the same thing. I was watching the the place that I really loved change drastically, and I'm like, man, and that was twelve years ago. And I thought, you know, I really want to live someplace that I can hunt the big game that I want to hunt knowing that as a school teacher and a coach, I had to live where they lived. Otherwise it wasn't going to happen. Cause it's not like yeah. I'm going to take time off to go elk hunting in the fall as a school teacher. Yeah. And so it was kind of like, yeah, I'm doing it. That was 12 years ago. And you never know what, what life has in store for you. You know, and mm -hmm. I look at where I'm at now and I go, well, I didn't see that coming, <laughs> you know, but you took it, you know, there was opportunities there and I went, yeah, why not? Let's do it. Yeah. let's do it i had tons tons of people that were like man but look what you're look what you're leaving look what then you know, we got all this great goose hunting and all these you know blah 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 blah. and i'm going and we got steelhead fishing it's just phenomenal and yada 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 and i'm like yeah but i've done all that yeah. and i and i can come back and keep doing it if i want to yep and exactly. yeah whatever whatever yeah. but like I, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to it and, and you can't be afraid to just sometimes just taking that leap, you know, I just, and, and 
in doing it because um, I've always been in the mindset that you can do anything you set your mind to. And I've been really successful in life and just everything I've, I mean, who had ever thought that I would produce two TV shows when you're picking up a video camera and teaching myself how to film and edit and all of a sudden teaching other guys how to film. And next, you know, I'm working with a professional television, you know, company teaching me how to put together professional t TV. And it's just like, holy cow, how did I get into this? You know, and it all started by just guiding goose hunters and and getting a video camera and saying well we killed so much stuff i can capture this and it, it's just crazy you know and and getting and meeting the right guys and networking and uh, people ask me all the time how do you get in the industry as well it's just hard work being a nice guy being humble that's a big thing because jerks don't really last very long in our industry and you know being a nice guy being honest and just working hard and 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 it's been i've been really fortunate to where where i've where I've ended up and where I'm, I'm still going, you know, I mean, my journey still, <laughs> there's a lot of right, <laughs> right roads ahead of me. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. You know, I got, I got, I got a, I, I got a really good goal of, I, I want to have a duck club someday. I want my own little duck club. So that's, uh, it's like, I feel you should have goals in life. I think you should have like one year goals, five year goals, 10 year goals. And, and one of my goals I've, I've set for myself is to have my own little when I'm when I'm 85 years old, you can push me out in my wheelchair and step <laughs> my line. We can flip on the heater. <laughs> you could change the name from Gundog Outdoors to Geriatric Outdoors if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing I dog outdoors. There you go. <laughs> oh man. And I'm not poking fun at any old no. guys that are out there by any stretch, because Man, I, I hope I hope when I'm at the age that even my dad, who's not old by any stretch, he he came out at Christmas and, and we got to do some hunting. It, it wasn't great. We got birds were just not. Yeah. Yeah. We just it wasn't good hunting, but we had a good I shouldn't say that it wasn't good killing. It was hunting was phenomenal. I got sure. to hunt with my dad and and he's still blessed to be, you know, he's still can do it, still can get around. I mean, good grief. We couldn't, we, there was one, oh man, there's one day we went out and I was scouting this spot, 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 spot on this Creek. And I went out in the morning and it's like, they're not, there's no X, there's no X. I, there's not even any place that you could really set up. And I'm going, I looked at him and I said, pheasant season's still open. How do you feel about jump shooting some ducks? And he, and he walked, he walked six miles that day along that Creek with me and we jumped we jumped shot we jumped shot a couple limits of ducks and a couple of pheasants it was like that was our only option you know we didn't we didn't have anything else but yeah you could still go do that and still fun still getting out and exercise and enjoying absolutely yeah good stuff yeah yeah i hope to make it to geriatric me too me too <laughs> maybe the technological difficulties that I have will even themselves out by then, but we'll see. <laughs> oh man. Well, we're going up past that magical mark of an hour. Um, I really appreciate this went fast, man. It, it really did. I, even with the two glitches we had, um, I think we're going to be able to, well, not me, but my, my editor will put all this together and make an episode out of it. So Anyway, I really appreciate your time, and dude, I'm you excited betcha. to jump in a blind with you and uh, see As where we can go. See where we can go from here. 
Oh, we're going to have some fun. I promise you that we're going to have some fun. So maybe we can get together and get that my ding dong daughter of mine on here one of these days. <laughs> That'd be fun. She, she tells me, I'm going to go. I'm going to come up and stay up here with you till, till they get some snow in Utah, because I'm going to go try and kill a cougar. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. <laughs> I'm going to shoot a mountain lion. Yep. Well, yeah. That's, that's yeah. the thing, so. you know, that, and that's, that's where we're at now within, in two weeks, we're done. Waterfall is completely done. And whether or not we get to go chase those whiteies, that'll be, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but we definitely got turkeys on the horizon, but you know, oh, I'm looking maybe. at it. I'm looking at it going, I'm going to shoot a lot of raccoons and a lot of coyotes between now and when the fishing gets good. So ah, anyway, fun stuff, fun stuff. Yep. Dude, thank you very much. And uh, I appreciate it. And I'm going to hit the stop record button and we'll call this one a wrap.